0: I'm now going to think, is it going to burn down? A couple years ago, I I wouldn't have that thought. I wouldn't, I'd be like, ah, fine, it's totally cool." But now when you're looking at these areas, like, I had to go to, um, I had to go to Malibu the other day, and I had to cut through Topanga Canyon, and as I'm, as I'm going down, I see this sort of, like, streak of brown smoke going up into the air, like, there was just an immediate fire in Malibu, like, it just happened as I was driving into it. So you see, like the the fire department, and people are starting to close the roads. And I did. I'm a dummy, so I was like, I don't know. Maybe this fire has been going on for two days. Like maybe this down, this is just the dystopia that we live in, and just just you know, just brown plumes of smoke all the time. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't get out that much.
1: The more you keep talking about streaks of brown smoke, the more my appetite is growing.
0: Mm, brown <laughs> smoke, soot. Totally. But you know, you don't see like sunset in Hollywood, you know, you don't see like <laughs> like Hollywood and Highland is not going to like burn down be- well, actually that's actually pretty close to the brush. Never mind.
1: Wasn't um, this a movie <laughs> with like uh, Tommy Lee Jones or Pierce Brosnan in the nineties?
0: Well, there was Volcano, which was set in Los there Angeles is. and that was that's, about a volcano was. that was in the Beverly Center. Dante's Peak was with Pierce Brosnan. That was more that was- I think um like I don't think Oregon. it was set in L.A., but it was, it was a it was a conflicting volcano movie. And so those two movies get compared because they came out at the same time, the volcanoes. But I think Dante's Peak was set like, I don't know, in, or, in Oregon, Washington State, maybe?
1: Was it one of these things where, like, yeah. at first Dante's Peak was going to be in L.A., but they got beat to market by Volcano and the producer was like, well, shit, find somewhere else to shoot it, boys. Let's make up Dante's Peak up the coast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably Dante's Peak was uh, filmed in Idaho. <laughs> How do
1: you know, know this? Why do, why do Why do you know where Dante's Peak was filmed? Because
0: I have Google.
1: Oh, I got. I think. was worried that you actually knew. I thought you knew just offhand. By yeah. the way, the director of photography for Dante's Peak was William O'Callahan. Oh. <laughs> He's a close friend of mine. <laughs>
2: Dante's Peak was like Pierce Brosnan, yeah. right? Am I thinking that? Is that right?
1: I don't know. I haven't no. seen it since it came. I, that's why I, I remembered both those movies. Both those movies were, you know, 90s
2: leading Men and
1: Fire. That's all yeah, I remember. Boys. So when Joey was talking uh, about Pierce
0: Brosnan yeah. and Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Linda here's, Hamilton here's, the, here's the log Linda line for
0: Dante's Beak. A volcanoologist <laughs> arrives at a countryside town recently named the second most desirable place to live in America and discovers that the long dormant volcano dante's peak may wake up
1: at any moment why'd they go with the second most why why not just go all the way what do you, do you think they started and they were like eh, well, that's not believable bring <laughs> it back to because number.
0: i think if it's yeah that's true yeah who knows i, don't, I guess we'll have to rewatch dante's peak
2: and find <laughs> out i'm sure they explain it
1: that's a good um, idea. That's a great idea. When I mean,
2: you had volcano, you had Dante's Peak, you had Deep Impact, you had uh, Armageddon, I you had Twister. Oh yeah, yeah, no,
1: Deep Impact was the uh, another asteroid one. I remember. Oh,
2: yeah, that. Twister. You had all <laughs> kinds of 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 uh, well, you know disaster what? movies in the because like, late 80s. that
0: was in the Halcyon days of of blockbuster filmmaking where everything was going really well. So we were like, hey, yeah. you know what? You you know what the wish fulfillment if everything was on fire and things were just you know. Dystopian and terrible. Like, let's go see that because it's obviously not how things are in our real life. And then now we're just kind of like,
2: Michael Bay made a ton of that,
1: right? Yeah. What was yeah. the one where they made a big drill and they just went to the uh, middle of the earth? earth? No, 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 no. no a, I, I know what
0: you're talking about H- Hillary. They just kept drilling um,
1: down. Hillary Swank was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Some core. core. The That's core.
1: was it the, oh, <laughs> the, the core? The core? Mm-hmm. I Karen think it was Cart was also in that movie. <laughs> That was a very phallic movie. Yeah. Just <laughs> How do we do it? I've got an idea. We're gonna build a huge drill and just keep pounding. <laughs>
0: the the tagline the tagline for the core is the only way to save Earth from catastrophe is to drill down to the core and set it spinning again. <laughs> yeah,
1: what are you gonna do? Good times. Let's get all the bullshit out the way, and then we'll do introductions. Joey, you've been dealing with fire. It's been a minute. How have you been?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Soup season, my jerks.
1: No, it's not. Disagree completely.
0: Uh, Wrong. It is soup season. It
1: was 90 degrees last week. I'm not souping yet. I'm close. I'm close.
0: made a chicken soup this Augie week. Augie and I made oh, some couch. eyeball soup last night. Explain. Okay. So it's a spooky recipe, Joe. It's tomato soup. And then, what you no, do is
1: tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Tomatoes. Woo. And then the eyeballs <laughs> is fresh mozzarella. And we got a melon baller and we just made little eyeballs out of fresh mozzarella. And uh, it was actually pretty good because you think uh, fresh mozzarella and tomato soup is delicious.
1: Yeah. So here, here's a question, Joey. Your great grandmother, where is she from?
0: Um well I would say i um, pick anyone
1: pick any great grandmother of yours
0: Yeah um actually uh Quebec
1: Yeah do you think do you think she's li- like think about all the food she had to make for years and all the culture that she had to steward on yeah. her shoulders and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chicken stock that she would make and food that she would you know in in the classic Quebecois ways of mm-hmm. Canadian culture and you're here making eyeball soup with your son yep. do you think do you think she's sick to her her yeah. estomach sure. or stomach? I
0: is think there's see. a lot of things that we do, especially like white people, that probably just infuriate <laughs> so many people of other generations, cultures, social class, like whatever have you will. But the um the uh, the comfortable white family is uh, quite insufferable sometimes. I admit it, and, and and eyeball soup, and our spider sliders are um, case in point.
2: Spider So, <laughs> I'm sorry, but real quick. I know you guys are
0: just dying to know what a spider slider is. It's it's a slider. Oh no,
1: I know. I know. I've been to Canada many times. I've I've sampled their regional cuisine. I know. I know all about them.
0: This is basically—it's just Burgers a slider with three French fries on each side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
2: I knew there were fries. I knew there were fries. Uh,
0: very and good. Yeah.
1: So, anyways, um, a sand, sandwich d'araignée—that's you know, spider sandwich in the French. <laughs>
2: What they have here, uh, you have – we have evacuation plans for Mount Rainier because it's still an active volcano. If it blows, yeah. um, it blows. So yeah. they have uh, – they're, they're, you're not so much worried about lava with Rainier. It's more like a, a St. Helens thing yeah, they but about. Yeah, you're definitely
1: going up there to take pictures if it happens, like 99.9%. Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll probably be up there when it happens. But they, they worry about – because it's got ice on it year-round, uh, all that melting and then flooding the valley, valleys and, and washing people out that's what they that's what they worry about cuz it would do all kind that would that's where the damage would come in it wouldn't be lava it would be you know 5000 feet of snow and ice melting instantaneous and then just coming straight down and flooding yeah, up
1: I, so there we go I know Rob With we've Chris seen Frosty, Dante's people We know how it works <laughs> 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 Hello everybody Ter Show Radio back to you after a couple natural disasters and a couple weeks of Rams football I'm at 3K underscore on Twitter. I'm Joe. We've got at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. That's Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello, jerks. We've got LA Rams, Rams, Rams. That's your friend, Joey the Jerk. What up, jerky?
0: Hey, when you're talking about natural disasters, you're actually talking about Todd talk Gurley's season, right?
1: Ooh, I was talking hey. about the Cincinnati Bengals, but <laughs> same thing. <laughs> um, Rams, two-game winning streak. It's been a couple games now, a couple weeks, that we haven't really – discuss things as they were happening, but we went into the stretch needing to get two wins, requiring two wins, and we got them. Maybe this one wasn't the way we would have liked. Um, before I get into the box score, just brief thoughts on the fact that we had – we needed to win these two games and we did. Is that is is the fact that we got two wins satisfying, or did we need to win these games the way we won against Atlanta in order to feel satisfied? What do you guys think?
0: I'm sure both of you gentlemen are very familiar with the Shania Twain classic. That don't impress me much.
1: Okay. So
0: you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much.
2: Oh also, you've of your boots put under,
0: so but okay. Yeah. Okay. So you beat the um the Bengals and the uh who the hell did we beat last week that doesn't really matter?
1: Falcons. Atlanta. The
0: Falcons. Um that don't impress me much. No, I think I think the interesting thing is when you listen to podcasts or any shows that just talk about the NFL and people are, are constantly like, who is the top? Who's the cream of the crop in the NFC? Who's gonna really matter when it comes down to the NFC championship game? And everybody just has a big boner for the New Orleans. Saints and everybody's like, they're just, they're
1: great. You know, they're 5 0 with Eddie
0: water. and the Green Bay Packers look, you know, look, look really strong. And I, you know, and the San Francisco 49ers are obviously undefeated. So it's those three teams. And then the next team they talk about is like, I don't know, who else is really good? The Vikings. And I think when you win two games, but the teams that you beat are the Bengals right. and the Falcons, it's, it's not really going to do much except for what you what you need it to be for your record. And so we're no longer 500. We're five and three. so that's a big difference. But we're still behind the uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers. Sure. So I think m- maybe what it is, it's just further proof that this season is is just is not, is, not going to happen.
1: So what you're saying is the Rams have the brains, mm-hmm. but have they got the touch? Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you think they're all right, but that <laughs> won't keep you warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress that you much.
2: Impress me much.
1: Mm. Exactly. Robert, what do you think? Man? Yeah. Two games, two wins. We got it done. Does it matter how we did I'm,
2: it? I'm going to take the opposite side of Joey. I'm going to say yeah, I'm not looking about to impress. Uh, you, you had two games. If you wanted to continue on the season, you had to win. They won. Uh, at the end of the season you're not concerned about like you know they struggled against two shitty teams or whatever uh, if you look at if you look at what the bengals have done yes they haven't won a game but they've been close in a lot of games like four points to Baltimore a point to the Seahawks up here in Seattle uh a couple of points here and there I mean they've had a lot of close losses we have been by 14 you're favored by 10 so you covered the spread yep. uh neutral site. uh you were dumb I think what people were bummed about with this game is they were they were throwing it all over them in the first half, and then they kind of slowed down in the second half. It looked like McBay kind of took his foot off the gas. I saw people complain about that. Uh, we went to just the Daryl Henderson three yards, three rushes in out mode for a while, but um, you know they drove down. The defense, the defense stood tall when they had to and, and kept them out of the end zone. Um, it could have been a lot closer, but 14 point win. You won two. You won two that you had to win to stay in the conversation of can they make the playoffs. Um, you're, you're four inches away from being six and six and two and not five and three and, and sw- swapping place with the Seahawks and being in the playoffs right now. But uh, I think things are setting up for them that they, you know, they did what they had to do. And, and we have the buy to get healthy with some guys. And then you come back and you got a, a Steelers team. We sat tonight that doesn't look impressive. we got the bears who are kind of garbage. They they can win some games. Uh, you know, it's up to them. It doesn't matter how you start a season. It's how you what we saw last year, right? we when, when the sky was falling last year, you know we started off 8-0, and then the sky was falling, we lost a couple, and people started to get worried about them. It's yeah. you know, how you finish the season, so they, they have lots of room to improve that. They won the games that end.
1: Joey went with, don't impress me much. What you're saying is that any team of mine better walk the line. <laughs> better show me a teasing, squeezing, pleasing kind of time. <laughs> you need a team who knows how the story goes. It's got to be a heart fine fine treating breathtaking, earth-quaking kind. I listened way too much, Shania Twain, in high school. Here's the box score. Um, Andy Dalton, 32 of 52, 329, but a ton of that was their last two possessions. He was about half that going into the late stages of the game. On the other hand, Jared Goff, 17 of 31 for 372, two touchdowns. Nice throw to Josh Reynolds a uh, horrible defense on the gift of the trick play to Cooper cup, beautiful play. Uh, but those were the two touchdowns. Most of that work was, you know, into the third quarter. And then the Rams offense kind of got shut down. Like you mentioned a lot of Daryl Henderson in the second half, he finished 11 rushes, 49 yards, Todd Gurley, 10 for 44 in his rushing touchdown. Um, <clears throat> the big story on the offense overall was probably your boy, Cooper cup, seven catches mm-hmm. two twenty-one one touchdown the first half, just just torching zone coverage with ease. Josh Reynolds, as I mentioned, had that uh, 31-yard touchdown, 3 for 73. Brandon Cooks goes out uh, with a concussion. Robert Woods didn't do much. The rest of the passing offense wasn't very involved. Defensively, uh, I kind of got spread around because the Bengals changed their offense going into the late game when they got real desperate. So Taylor Rapp finishes with 12 tackles. Eric Weddle had 6. Corey Littleton's got 8. You didn't have a ton going on up front. The Rush wasn't great, but we got a couple sacks here and there with Dante Fowler, Obanaya, Okoronkwo. Yes. Uh, overall, a, a, an easy game because they jumped out to twenty-four to ten. And if that offense had kept going, I think I said it maybe the first or second possession for the Bengals. Uh, I tweeted out if the Rams get to stop here, it's over because the way our offense was going. If we got to stop there, we're going to score more points than 24. We just didn't. We punted a bunch of times to finish the game. Do, do you think, Joy, maybe those punts made it feel gross because we could have racked up 30, 35, yeah. 40 mm-hmm. points and held them to 10, obviously, and it would have been a blowout like Atlanta. Yeah. Does it Does it maybe feel like we left points on the board and that was kind of the uh, For sure,
0: for sure, because I think you have, you have zero points in the fourth quarter, and that was garbage time, and I think that's yeah. when we wanted to see Jared Goff just let a lot of people fly and and to see some fun. And the only players. the only
1: seven points we got in the whole second half was the very first possession. We scored that him. touchdown yeah. to start things, and then nothing else.
0: Yeah, because I think the problem is is that people are already a little dubious of the offense right now, and they're a little bit kind of sure. skeptical of 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 Jared Goff sort of living up to his contract. So when they see him play, and they're like, "All right, you know, you get you got the Bengals beat, like they're done. You're gonna win the game, but you only win by 14. it it's it's good and it, it's hard to comp- it, it's good because they won. And it wasn't like Jared Goff was turning the ball over and playing sure. shitty. They just were ineffective.
1: And didn't step on their throats, right?
0: Right. And 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 I think that's where what I was t- talking about previously about people just not having a lot of uh respect or just like faith that they that they are an elite team in the NFL or even the NFC or
2: even the sure. NFC West for crying out loud. And There's so, an elite team in the NFC West.
0: Th- right now, currently, I think they're referred to as the third best team in the NFC West. Yeah, and I don't even think th- it, it, it's it's like it's that clear. That the- I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, the Cardinals are looking good too." You know, they got a future. They got mm-hmm. a bright future with Kyler Murray. So I, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's
1: it's kind of it's fr- it's frustrating
0: Joey. because they are a Joey, good team. And they have in a lot the words of,
1: of Shania Twain, "Just breathe, just breathe." <laughs> robo we got we got the way that's what but i mean here. cooper cop man i mean this is your chance i'll put i'll put the music on well whoa, 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 whoa.
2: I, I'm like, I have a different song for you to play with this
1: one
2: know you win my love you win my soul you win my heart yeah you get it all you win my love you make my motor run when you win my love yeah you're number one Keep Was? Keep Because, my man, Cooper Cup was unguardable. Now, granted, the Bengals were down a couple of corners, but whoever they put out there was not good enough. He murdered them. Highlighted by one of the, I don't know if you say best trick players, but most entertaining trick players we've seen in a while. According to McVeigh, they've been practicing for a while. The double off a double reverse. Yes. Cooper Cup starts it. Uh, tosses it to Woods. Woods throws it back to Goff. Goff hits him. Cup is a beneficiary of a of a corner trying to get back in position. Falls down. Oh and man! He and, he and Higgs Higgs, wow! Rumbling to the end zone, sixty like five yards. That was uh that was a lot of fun. I had actually had early in the game when when I saw him kind of eating. I was joking. I said that Flippers Flippers three thirty six was in, in in trouble. And then as the first half went on i kept updating his stats he was you know four hundred and one. he ended up with seven for 220 and if we hadn't if mcbay hadn't taken his foot off the gas who knows maybe they could have got after flippers number but it, it doesn't matter they won but uh my boy my boy baldy got the call even Dion saw it so and uh you know it's that's what we got we got cooper number two in the nf nfl right now of receiving yards right behind mike thomas it's it's a good thing it's a good thing Unfortunately, we had another issue, but that's okay. Poor
1: oh, what's Brandon the issue? Cook, oh no.
2: Well poor Brandon Cooks is you know not sure where he's at right now. Oh yes. Uh two two concussions in, in what three weeks? Uh you gotta be concerned about
1: yeah. Him.
2: Yeah, that's that's are in the last two
1: years overall. Yeah, he's um What do you think, Joey? Are you are you worried about Brandon Cooks?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: You're you sympathy it, beat writer. Really? You're like the guy who's like, "Oh, I'm yes. worried about him."
0: I'm I'm worried about people's brains, man. Call me. I know.
1: Uh, Rob and I don't yeah. give a shit about people's brains. He put some spit on it and wipe it off
0: and get back out. Right. Right. Um, I'm off. sorry, walk but I don't walk, want walk it off.
1: Walk off your brain injury.
0: Yeah, just rub some dirt on it. Um, I'm sorry, guys, but I don't want these these players to get dementia when they're 38 i'm a monster (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) you
2: are a monster but
0: uh, i well i I also because it's they're they're doing something we love and we're 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 supporting them and we're 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 happy when they play but but then there's this added thing of but it's also really bad for their brains i get conflicted and the interesting thing about the brandon cooks injury It it felt like it was framed as a sort of like, well, he now has to think about life after football where if he, you know, maybe got this, this, this injury next season, it feels like, okay, you know, the concussions are spaced apart, but anytime I think you have concussions close together, it's when people kind of start wondering like, oh, are they gonna, is this, is this a thing now, you know, because then if he gets one during the playoffs, then is it like okay? Well, he's just has to retire. Like I, I still don't understand exactly how they figure this 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 shit out. As, as far as is because it's still a mystery because you can't really tell if somebody has CTE until they're dead.
1: Well, I think it's also one of these things – I just want to point out how unique that phrase is. You just mentioned the idea that when you have concussions this close together, there aren't many other human yes. pursuits in which that sentence applies other than American football. There are not many <laughs> other things in which you have concussions close together in the first
2: place. Do boxers even get close like yes. concussions that close together? Oh, somebody died
1: do, recently. Do, uh, do we do had a young boxing prospect die this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, no boxing's up there. So that's definitely one, but, but I mean, that's what we're talking about is that that's, that's where this is at. It's in this weird corner of human activity where something like this can happen to somebody repeatedly and frequently. And like Joey said, close together. It's, um, it's worrisome. I think one th- to pivot to something maybe less worrisome and less, uh, serious. Uh, the offensive line had a good game their pass blocking for Jared I know, I know against the 49ers they were horrible and against Tampa Bay and that's that was kind of one of these big concerns for a lot of people going into this year they had a fantastic game in the pass blocking
0: it's nice to see because I think a lot of the excuses we were giving is that they had these these teams was just great front sevens and th- they they weren't competing but Atlanta and uh and Cincinnati yeah. don't have that and so it was good. It was great. You know, and what do you think about the rookie? Did did you did you feel like he had another good game? Did he take a step back from last week, or, or was he just as strong?
1: I thought David Edwards was good. I th- I think you know. Not surprising. It's his second start. He needs to get his feet under him. He needs to get more experience. And, you know, I I don't know. I'm going to try to put this out hopefully this week. Maybe next week we'll see how stuff turns out on the site. But we don't we don't know what this team is going to look like 2021. We've got some pieces that are already locked in contract wise. We got some weird off seasons coming up. But, you know, is David Edwards going to be on the line as a starter? He wasn't a starter to get open the year. Joe Noteboom is probably going to come back at left guard, unless maybe he moves the left tackle. I don't know if that's the best thing, and keep David Edwards. I, I don't know. There's a lot going on, but uh, I think this was a positive performance overall for
0: sure. Yeah, I, I'm curious about the future of Austin Blythe as well. I I, I wonder if if Noteboom yeah. comes back, you just you, you
2: you move Edwards to replace Blythe. If it's a possibility. He's a free agent. He's one of the 19 pending free yeah. agents after this season, so.
1: I think part of the weirdness is that there's nobody that's coming in that's kind of assigned a position, right? Remember when Roger Saffold did it, he was the first one where it's like, whoa, we're taking a guy that played left tackle and we're moving him to these other spots. The last two, three years, you know, we draft Jamon Brown. He played tackle. We put him at right guard. Blythe's kind of been all over the place. We slot him in all over the place. Same with Jamil Demby. And you got Joseph Noteboom who played left tackle. You moved him to left guard. You got David Edwards. The Cromers training everybody at all positions and remember what happened in the preseason we were talking about the fact that maybe this was a bad thing remember the way Jimmy denby was playing in the preseason some people were looking at cromer and said hey maybe you need to lock these guys down with what happened with greg robinson remember we drafted him left tackle out of auburn he comes in and plays guard plays guard all through otas plays guard all through the preseason plays guard going into the regular season jake long gets hurt and we move greg robinson over to left tackle where he didn't have any experience now granted Greg Robinson obviously was a unique prospect and never developed and never justified any of it. But you know, is one of those things where you're moving people along doesn't always work. But maybe it's maybe it's finally found something that they can lean into. We'll see. Like you mentioned, Joey, we don't have Cincinnati and Atlanta well, 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 on well, well, the schedule but, coming out of the bye, and maybe but just, maybe we could have used we've, a couple we've more. We complained of those. about the offensive
2: but, line for weeks on end, and now they have two back to back. So it just it makes me think of another Shania Twain it song. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. You know I love oh, you. No. Don't be ridiculous. You know I okay. love you. Don't be absurd. You know I want you. Don't be impossible. Yeah. I'm mad about you. I can't live without you. I'm crazy about you. So don't be stupid. You know
1: I love you. <laughs> These are all the same song. These are all lyrics from the exact same song. No, uh good performance from the office. And are also Robbo's re- vows <laughs> when he marries his wife. <laughs>
0: So like, do you, want, do you want to say something about your wife, Robbo? You're like, no, I'm good, I'm just gonna read some lyrics from Shania <laughs> Twain. Okay, Twain.
1: Um things changing up front along the defensive line, especially with the edge rushers. Another week without Clay Matthews, another week with Greg Gaines inactive. Tinsel Smart comes back and not a lot of explanation there, Um, but it was a good showing overall. They did a solid job against the run where Joe Mixon had 17 carries for just 66 yards. That's less than four per carry and shut things down pretty well up front. And obviously compared to how little Jared Goff had to deal with in terms of a pass rush harassed Andy Dalton pretty well. Combined with the coverage, thought it was a decent showing for the guys up front.
0: I think it's interesting that Sebastian Joseph Day is a thing. Bash, you know, like he—I mean, he, hes there on a lot of snaps, right? Like when when you look at the three guys up front, it's it's Donald Brockers and Joseph Day, like pretty much all season.
1: Bash, <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, you know, we were talking about in the off season, we were not plugging in Sebastian Joseph Day to be an everyday starter at defensive end. Right. I mean, I think Greg Gaines was the guy. I mean, a lot of it was we didn't know. And, and sure. I think eight games in, I mean, we kind of know that they're sticking with Joseph Day. I mean, is that going to be the case at the end of the season? Who knows? But it's it's been it's been interesting following that that position battle.
1: Speaking of position battles and things we don't know. We have no idea what's going on at running back. Uh, We have a bye, which means we get two weeks for Malcolm Brown to potentially heal his ankle. We're eight games into the season. I don't think we've learned a damn thing about how this running back depth chart is going to be used over the next eight games. Do you guys have any sense of what we're doing at running back?
0: I want to ask you guys if you could guess. Okay, first of all, um, for NFL rushing stats for the NFL – the leading rusher is Delvin Cook, and he has 823 yards. So that is that is tops in the NFL. And how many yards do you think Todd Gurley, too, has?
1: I know exactly how many. Robbo, you get to go, because I know.
2: 311.
1: Well, oh, that's what I tweeted. See, you saw the tweet and it was wrong. That was 311 before it added the 44 oh, that he you got on Sunday. It, the Anders
2: 350 misinformation?
1: This is what happens when you follow Tertiary Times. You get nothing but incorrect <laughs> facts. Damn it. Fake news.
0: Listen to the pod apparently. Almost kind of like we didn't Start the Fire. I'm just going to quickly run through all of the people who have more yards than Todd and Gurley cool. just real fast. Ooh, Royce Freeman, Latavius Murray, LaShawn McCoy, David Montgomery, Shaquon no, Barclay, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> Adrian Beaver, Frank Gore, Jordan Howard, Matt Revis, <laughs> Sony Michael, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram too. Phillip <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay, Carlos, Carlos Hyde, Bob, Jackson, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Ezekiel Elliott, Eltis, <laughs> Josh <laughs> Jacobs, Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette,
1: Calvin yeah, Cook. I can't man. get a break didn't pay the Russia he was always running but his time was coming exactly how does billy joel and bruce springsteen make it into every damn episode of Show radio what every is with show, those two every show. we are not young <sighs> um i don't well how does that make you feel joey the you know he's missed a game He's not front and center in the offense anymore. Yesterday was another example. We've had numerous, you know, examples. Three fifty-five. That puts him on pace, albeit through seven games, but for seven hundred ten yards and what does he have? I think six touchdowns, so the touchdowns are there. Are you worried about it? Do you do you think that do you think that dooms the team?
2: The best part about what he did was I don't know if you saw it pre pregame, but we had a couple uh fans in london and kevin Dumoff was out rubbing elbows and talking to people before the game and one of the guys asked kevin about Gurley, uh, how bad's his knee And he said you watch he's gonna get featured he's gonna get a heavy load this week i think that's what the tweet was uh tom you'll have to correct me if i'm wrong heavy load and i joked that and kevin former uh, tst writer had joked that uh you know he'll watch him watch him get 10 carries and i i said you know 10 carries is a heavy load for Gurley right now how many carries did he have this week joe
1: not enough he had 10
2: 10 10 when demoff is walking through the crowd pregame talking about how he's gonna have a heavy load and and be used to- and and
0: but 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 demoff doesn't know no and, just, and he also has no has no say in how many
2: carries it's still their Gurley's whole MO that you know Gurley's fine of we're gonna like we're gonna roll him out there and Gurley's obviously not fine even his touchdown run if you saw him bust that thing to the to the left corner He's in. He's like, looks like he's running through quicksand. I mean, his his biggest run happen when there are mistakes on the But
1: yeah, that's part of that's part of the problem, right? Was last year you had Malcolm Brown and CJ Anderson. N- neither of those guys make Todd Gurley seem slow. Is it? it do you guys feel like Daryl Henderson is making Gurley seem slow because he sort of looks, certainly so looks a lot more explosive, man? I
0: I almost think it's it's the run it's the run blocking is kind of making him look slow because I think. Maybe his knee was the same thing last year when he did look strong. He was getting just better blocking and, right. and he was seeing the holes better because, I mean, a lot of these these rushes, I mean, he's, th- th- they have hands on him right when he touches the ball. And maybe that's a quickness. I mean, I think we all can sure. agree that Todd Gurley has lost a step. And whatever that means, I mean, it could be metaphorical or he actually is considerably – uh, slower or not as quick as he as, as he was or he's just not getting those cuts but he's still good enough and i think he could be playing better than he is now but yeah. it's so it's just so crazy that we gave him that contract right before a season where he just took this huge nosedive i mean just classic ram
1: and re- and remember the This year would be his fifth year option, right? So he's doubling his salary almost next year, and that's really when the extension kicks in. It's just, it's interesting, and we'll have to say we said it before the season. It's going to be a week to week thing. There's nothing has taken place in the first eight weeks. I don't think that gives us any clarity about how it's an eyeball soup of a running back depth chart. (laughs) God bless. Um, We did. (laughs) <laughs> Spider sliders. Uh, we did get a little bit of clarity um, from the secondary, even though a key to leave is out across from Jalen Ramsey. It was the, it was the old go-to and I, I felt I was, I was happy to see him out there and have another one of those FU performances for the people who like to scapegoat him because for the last three years, Troy Hill has played good football, man. He played it in 2017 when Kayvon Webster went down. And remember, Troy Hill had a good game against the Falcons in the playoffs. He, he, he went through it last year when Aqib Talib again went out with injury and Marcus Peters was playing through injury across. Line. Troy Hill played some good football. And yet again this year, Troy Hill stepping up and playing good football. I thought he had a really good game.
2: I should offer Mr. We should get him on the pod so I can actually talk to him myself and offer an apology because I am one of the most vocal people uh, against Troy Hill over the last couple of years, outside of the Falcons playoff game that we watched and he played really. But There's well been many. The you
1: you are not alone in that. There are many uh, who have. I, uh, I mean, I offered criticism anytime
2: he's playing the trail. game. I would I would get on Twitter and just start trashing him because I'd call it the full Troy Hill experience.
1: But you know what? The full Troy Hill. Experience. It sounds like a band that <laughs> was, played at Woodstock. Honestly, ladies it's the, and gentlemen, we have the full Troy Hill experience. You, Thank you, you for no, having us.
2: Marcus Peters, the last couple of years, Marcus, you know, yeah, sure, just, sure. And uh, now he's better. Uh, he suits what we're doing better. And I, I, you're right. He played really well. He played really well last week. Um, and I saw people complaining about, uh oh, Troy Hill played terrible this game. I don't think they realized that, that Darius Williams played a lot of this game, and Troy Hill was still nursing a hamstring. But Troy Hill was the highest rated PFF defender for the Rams the entire game. Yeah, I saw that. So, right. yeah, Troy, I'm sorry, buddy. I owe you one. Uh, any man of mine. And if I change my mind a million times, I want to hear him say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like
1: it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I like it that way. Any man of mine. Um, one thing I think, and I didn't really think about it until we got to this season, was. Cornerbacks is a, is a weird position to play scapegoat, kind of like kicker and long snapper, where if Troy Hill plays like 40 snaps, and he doesn't even get targeted on 32 of yes. those snaps, and he gets targeted on eight and defends four of them, you look at it and say, oh, man, there were four catches on him. He was horrible. But there were 36 passes where... It wasn't. It's, it's, just, it's a weird ratio. And I, I think we've got a kind of uh, perception issue with cornerbacks. How about looking at, looking up. at, we've had, to, I get it with, you know, Marcus Peters and even Aqib Tlaib where they haven't been perfect, but I feel like we've kind of miscalibrated the perception of how we should view cornerbacks because 90% of the time, it's almost like a, an outfielder that doesn't have the baseball hit to them. They're, they're not doing anything wrong
2: that was jalen ramsey this week he he shut yeah. down the entire game you know at the end of the game he gave up a 55 yard play and after this after the you know the game he's talking about he's like sorry that's on me i got bored i shut my dude. i shut him down the entire game i was just bored i just you know I
1: just joey out. we need we need some kind of 1980s like sally jesse raphael that's for you kids yeah. check it out on tiktok um like a, a golf talk uh yeah. golf, a golf talk. Golf talk
0: so on this week's episode of goff talk my topic (laughs) is is jared goff having a bad season or a disappointing one
1: you have to do like a sally jared does your depression come from your childhood and the fact that your mother loved you but maybe not enough
0: Does your expectation of Jared Goff before he throws the ball match it when he throws it five yards past Brandon
1: Cook? You've told people that when you played youth football, <laughs> you were always upset that you got orange slices from your friend's mom and not your own mom. Is that why you threw into triple coverage in the fourth quarter?
2: So, Gents, do you know who the leading <laughs> yard passer is in the NFL right now?
0: I'm so glad you asked that question, Robbo. That is Did you an know
2: excellent
0: on Gov That looked. is definitely one of the things we're talking about on Gov Talk this week. Hit it, baby. As everybody, I'm sure, knows or does, is they check the stat leaders for the NFL. Click, click, click. It, click, 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 click. Every, everybody, just, you have it memorized. You don't really know that, like, who has the most sacks right now? You know who has the most interceptions? But the most passing yards, Robbo. And Joe, 2,367 yards to be the number one in passing yards. And number that goes one. to
1: Jared one. Goff. The year is 2021. Goff. It's week six. Jared Goff has 13,000 passing yards, and fans want to <laughs> trade him to the Arizona Cardinals.
2: Now, to Goff be fair, off. number four on this list is Andy Dalton. so. <laughs> eh.
0: You know what, Bravo? That attitude is not permitted during golf talk.
1: Here's a, you here, can be negative a, okay about I got a question. <laughs> serious question. Dead serious. Yeah. Um, Blake Bortles is all but likely to be gone next year. Andy Dalton is all but likely to not be a Bengal next year. How would you guys feel about Andy oh, Dalton no. as a backup to Jared Goff?
0: No, I don't oh, want it. Oh, I don't want a quarterback oh my God. controversy, you, Robbo. No, I'm being
1: I- dead serious. <laughs>
2: Shosa would lose his mind. He's compared Jared Goff to Andy Dalton for last, like two years.
1: So he's a perfect Yeah, he's, gonna, he's a clone. Oh, no,
2: dude. I, I, I think a... he'd he
0: something different. You get like a running quarterback or something. Yes. Mm. John Walford. <laughs> so, John Walford, Brent,
2: Brendan <laughs> Allen, who's going to start to the talk, boys. Goff
0: um, talk. Goff talk. Goff Yo- talk. So, so Jared Goff statistically is is not having a great season. If you take away his passing yards, if you just look at his touchdowns versus interceptions, um, hit, the amount of fumbles or that some he of has. those
1: throws in the it, second it, half it, where he was throwing to the wrong his, team, his
0: QBR ratings yeah, it it it's it's not it's not fantastic. And as far as a first half of the season goes, it's been disappointing. Some would argue that maybe this is just he's hitting the expectations. Just this is as good as Jared Goff is. And, you know, the producers over here at Goff Talk are a little concerned because it feels like we're just losing a lot of viewers on Goff Talk. And I'm wondering what's going to get them to watch more episodes or, or is Goff Talk going to be canceled? Is it going to be Bortles Talk? Is that what we're going to do? Oh, no. Or is it going to be Dalton Talk? No.
1: Jared, a friend of yours told us that you didn't know what a home-cooked meal was in college. Do you think that could explain why you don't have any home-cooked offense going? Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Is Sally Jesse Raphael even a reference that anybody under the age of, like, 33 gets? Like, is that uh, 99% of kids are going to have to Google that? I say kids while referring to human <laughs> beings under 33 years. Um, I thought I thought overall golf was, he was fantastic in the first half, but it was easy. The level of difficulty was real low, right? The offensive line was blocking form well. He had Cooper Cup slicing up the zone. Reynolds made that great uh, route on the touchdown. It, the Bengals are not very good. This the good thing is this isn't the referendum, right? These last two weeks, the Rams had to get it going. They did. They got the wins. He's the the opportunity for him to really rectify. His 2019, I think the problem is that he needs to rectify it, right? The first half didn't go well, like you mentioned, Joey. But he's got to come into this second half and get some performances and live. look at what's on the schedule, right? That, that's the real opportunity here is unlike these two games that the Rams needed to win, had to win, and we did, we got... Chicago, Baltimore, Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. If Jared Goff plays his best games in two or three of those games, that changes the entire perception of Jared Goff in 2019, but of the Rams in 2019, too. That's true.
0: So that's been another episode of Goff
1: Talk. Bam, 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 bam. Um, who wrote this? These are your Rams. I don't like that. I'm going to skip that. I'm doing uh, what's old uh, Tracy Morgan, the yep. veterinarian? Brian Fellows. I am not going to look at that. That is creepy, Joey. Um we are adjusting expectations here. Uh can can the Rams miss the playoffs and still not be a disappointment? Remember we got to 3 and 3 and we had 10 games remaining five of them were against teams that going into week seven had two or less wins all of them had one or less going into week six and you had five teams that had three or more wins that's still you can still see the group of difference atlanta cincinnati pittsburgh who got the win against the dolphins on monday night football atlanta cincinnati pittsburgh and the two arizona games much easier contests compared to Chicago, albeit I know the record doesn't look like it, but they keep fi- Chicago keeps finding ways to lose when they've got these games won. Chicago, Baltimore, Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. We've got to win the Atlanta, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Arizona games. We've got three of those left. Got to win them. The struggle is going to be these other five. Now, is it going to be a disappointment to miss the playoffs? I think the answer is yes. Joey, I think I think you've got an argument to the to the contrary.
0: I know I'm gonna lose this argument, but I'm gonna give it a shot. God, but
1: you're like you're like and, Pierce Brosnan climbing up Dante's peak, yeah. walking right into the lava. You don't even care. Exactly.
0: I know I'm probably gonna burn my shoe, but I gotta I, <laughs> I do need it a hero. I gotta take, I got to take a track. <laughs> hero the drink. Here in the morning, Matt! So I here's here, here's the deal. Is right now the, I think the fan base is still optimistic and they like these guys, and they're a likable team. And there's a lot of stars on it. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to root for, and there might be holes in the roster, and there might be some, some just weird nagging mystery illnesses or injuries, whatever the hell going on. Mystery with
1: illness. I was gonna say Joey's breaking breaking new. We have got mystery illnesses going.
0: Exactly. I was talking. To, I was talking to Vinny over at the Athletic, and he was telling me about a mystery. What do you think? Wait, who, going who, to the locker room?
1: <laughs> Which player is the most susceptible to like a mystery illness? I, I got my vote. Robbo, do you have somebody that you think could get a mystery illness on the roster?
2: Yeah, Mike Thomas,
1: That's a good one. I think you're Tyler Higby. Okay, I'm gonna go with Daryl Henderson because I feel like Daryl Daryl mm-hmm. Henderson eats some stuff out of Mississippi that like is not USDA approved. <laughs> Mama made me a rabbit sandwich. Like, ooh, dude, no, you know, in the NFL. You don't need to do that anymore. It's not even cooked. Daryl, no,
0: it's a thumper sub. We, <laughs>
1: thumper
2: sub. It's not a spider slider. It's a thumper sub.
0: It's actually thumper from Thump Bambi.
1: We got this note on Jalen Ramsey, but I kind of want to pivot from this if we can, because we we don't have anything on the run sheet. Looking at the schedule coming out of the bind, we talked about these two different groups of five, and Jalen Ramsey com, comes into this team. And gets two cupcakes to start, and good for him. And he's played well. And he's Jalen Ramsey. He's fantastic young talent. The Rams have to re-sign him. He's got to give us years of talent. Does Does Jalen Ramsey kind of need to carry the team or the defense in a, in a way that we talk about like um, Todd Gurley or Aaron Donald or Jared Goff? Where if 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 we're looking at this team that's going to have this stretch of tough games to close out the season and needing to get to the playoffs. To justify the momentum of building a fan base, Jalen Jalen Ramsey can't be like like Marcus Peters or, to a degree, keep Talib. But I don't know that Talib had a ton of games like Marcus Peters did, where he just kind of shits the bed and, and and sorry we got the L, but I'll come back next week. He he kind of has to, or does he? Let me ask it. Does he have to elevate the defense and therefore the team and kind of put them on his back going into November? It would help.
2: With Todd Gurley and and you know Jared Goff not even the greatest year, even though well, we're talking no, about yards. Whatever, that's another
1: but. one. Does Todd Gurley have to do that? Does Todd Gurley? I, I know Todd. We're not using him as much as we did, but does that need to change? Does Todd Gurley need to put the offense on his back? The, these are the guys that we're paying, right? Do they? Do the
2: Or Aaron Donald? Yeah,
1: but Aaron Donald's maybe not. Maybe I mean.
2: Two time Defensive Player of the Year is he, is
1: he playing at that level? I,
2: mean, I know you're getting quadruple teamed. I th- oh, he's he's playing great, but you can only do so much when you're when you're being sure. triple teamed, or whatever. But someone on this team needs to step up and Cooper Cup have another like 200 yards every week. Someone has to step on this team and start carrying them to victories repeatedly. I mean, I can't see a scenario where they don't win six games and 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 make the playoffs if they don't. If they win five and under, I don't think they make possible. the playoffs. Just because look at their conference losses. They already have three three conference losses compared to uh one for the Seahawks. I mean, there there's some tiebreakers out there that I'm worried about. But you're talking about Ramsey. Uh, he, you know, the 49ers just traded for Sanders. Sure.
1: Daniel Sanders.
2: Lock his ass down. Uh Tyler Lockett, lock his ass down. Amari Cooper, lock his ass down. Uh, who else? Larry Fitzgerald, lock his ass down. I heard the Bears got Allen Robinson, whatever. Juju shoots. It. There are some wide receivers coming up on the on the backside of the schedule where you're going to want Jalen Ramsey to, to you know, do what you, he wants to be paid for that's going to help this team. The game I'm most concerned about coming down the stretch is the Ravens because Lamar is so damn he's sexy. Great. That guy, goddamn, he's great. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, But they're all winnable games. Every one of them outside of the 49ers, that one's still pretty concerning because that defense is legit, and what they did to us was child abuse. Outside of that, every one of these games is completely winnable because there are no great teams. They've all got great moments, but they're not great I know you're itching to
1: get in here, Joey. One of the things that I think is interesting is that we're going to get the Rams on a national stage regardless. You've got back-to-back primetime games. Week 11, home against Chicago, that's in L.A., Week 12, Monday night football, Lamar Jackson, ESPN. We're going to see it. We're going to get the stage. The question is if we're going to get the results.
0: Yeah, and I, I, think, I think those back-to-back games is, is really going to be, I think, a defining moment of, of the, the season, is whatever they do with those two games, You, you know, if they, if they split it, I mean, that's maybe expected. The way I'm looking at it right now, you go into the bye and you play Pittsburgh, you got to beat those guys. You have home against the Bears. You gotta win that game. I think with the Ravens, Monday Night Football, so, it's it's um it, it, that that, that could be a game that's okay, let's say they lose that game. You come back, you 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 go to Glendale and you play the Cardinals, you win that game. So now so far you're you're three and one coming out of the And bottom.
1: and then and that's another great setup, Joey. Back in LA, week fourteen. Seattle Seahawks, Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I, I said the Rams are going to yeah. be on the stage. Really, what we're talking about with three games at the Coliseum, Los Angeles football is going to be on the stage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And
0: I think it's a, it's also great, too, because you're bringing in the Bears, who have a really just big fan yeah. base. So you're oh, going to yeah. have a lot of Bears fans at that game. The, the ravens i mean obviously there's ravens fans but i don't think i don't think they have the uh, reputation of traveling as much as as like you know teams like pittsburgh or chicago or um you know even, I, even, even just because the the distance i mean the seahawk fans show up to rams homes game so anyways regardless we're we're, we're we're going into another home game with with the seahawks for um th- that one that one's um Sunday night football or Monday night? That, that was the Sunday night football. Seattle game, right? Sunday night, yeah. The Seahawks yeah. game. On on December 8th. And uh you got you gotta win that game too. And you gotta go four and one. And then the next week you go to Dallas and you gotta beat them. And then you're five and one coming out of the bye. And let's say you lose on the road in San, in San Francisco. And so now you have your your two losses from the second half of the season to, to Baltimore and San Francisco, and then you win the next game. Kind of went out home against Arizona, yeah. and you and and you basically won. You won six games, and you're 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 eleven and five.
1: Got
2: plus Yeah. And have, have you seen the Seahawks schedule down the stretch? Their their second half, they have two yeah, against rough. the Forty Nine ers. They've got the Rams, Vikings. Eagles who are hot and cold and they beat a pretty because good defense. The Panthers are there. Yeah. They have got the Bucks who you know, the Bucks aren't sure but they put it on the Rams pretty good. They put it on the Rams. <laughs> and they've got one game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals is probably the easiest game left. Outside of that, yeah. it's no cakewalk for Seattle. And if you watch them play it all this year, they're a garbage Ooh. team. I'm sorry. They find they find a way to win Did and you? they do win. But come on. Look what, what look what they did to Atlanta yesterday. They won that game because Atlanta fumbled on the two yard line. They're like
1: garbage six and two team. They're just look at you, Robbo.
2: They, they are a garbage six and two. You're team. you're in you
1: second are. half form. You have already had your bye week. You went to Germany. You went to Europe. You healed up. You came out of the bye oh, ready to fire. I love it.
2: If the Rams can win win uh, six and get to uh, what eleven and five. They're the wild card team. Seattle's outside. Sorry. They're not gonna be eleven five.
1: One thing I will say, I I, I I like the bird mascot. I like an Atlanta Falcon. Falcons can be, you know,
2: to
1: mm-hmm. terrorizing. I like a Seattle Seahawk. What is a Seahawk? I don't know, but it's scary. What is a Arizona Cardinal? I'm not sure, but that beak is very pointy. What is a Baltimore <laughs> Raven? What is the what the fuck is a I get it. I know the pawn and all this stuff, and I get it, Baltimore, but like a raven? Ravens are like the rats of the sky. It doesn't do anything for me.
2: <laughs> if there's a team that should move to London, it should be the ravens, right? You got the ravens at the tower? The four ravens? Yep. I I think move Cardinals is a football. stupid name
1: for a
0: team, too, though. I mean, that, that bird's not terrifying at all. I'm not scared of a cardinal.
2: Don't discount the beak. He's got a pointy feather on He's got a very pointy day. beak,
1: and I like his quaff. The Arizona Cardinal clearly does his hair in the morning. Puts a lot of time, puts a lot of product yes, in. He does. It is pointy. He is ready for prime time.
0: It's a commitment to the dude. <laughs>
1: though the game is being played at TIA Bankfield in Jacksonville, Florida and nope. mm, I will suggest that mm, somewhere close to a third of people in attendance will not be wearing shoes. You still won't I watch. I will it.
2: not watch. I will not watch. No, I won't watch a second of it.
1: This is this is getting very green eggs and ham. I will not, not watch. Almost, it. I almost went there. Joseph Mack. Yeah, I, almost went there. Well, I, I will I, not can, watch it. I'm not going to watch the college football okay. playoffs.
2: I won't watch the college oh, football playoffs or the national championship is- game.
1: Well, now you're getting personal. Now won't. you're just getting rude. I just won't.
2: Because there's not going to be a Pac-12 team or Eastern Washington in it, so why should I watch it? I don't yeah. care. There's, there's, gross. Yeah. There's, there's, there's,
0: Your there's, life there's is gross teams. to me. So, I mean, who's <laughs> giving enough to chapter?
1: But the
2: Holiday, the holiday Bowl, the holiday bowl, Joe and I are both a lunch. <laughs> we are going to eat up some more.
1: I'm kind of offended that we haven't gotten Lindsay Buckingham to re-record the Holiday Bowl theme song yet. Holiday Bowl. Holiday
0: Bowl.